Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable human centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. One thing that I love about the Bay Area is our food. It's fresh, it's creative, and the variety. Yes, there are stellar examples of cuisines from all over the world, but what I think we're especially good at are the mashups. You know, Korean tacos, the sushi rito, or vegan soul food. Whenever I see a fusion of two types of cuisines, it reminds me of the magic that happens when different types of people and cultures come together. One thing I don't associate with fusion, though, is sizzler. You know, the chain steakhouse slash all-you-can-eat buffet place. Them bones, them bones, them beef bones. Big, beefy ribs, heavy with meat, cut from the prime rib and basted with a tangy barbecue sauce. Them prime rib bones. So hurry to the sizzler for all the big, beefy ribs you can eat. Them bones. Yeah, not exactly a bastion of cross-cultural culinary experimentation. But maybe, actually, it is? Today on Bay Curious, we're going on a food origin odyssey that has Sizzler at the center. We'll crisscross the globe and, of course, spend some time in the Bay Area because, hey, this is Bay Curious, and I'm Olivia Allen Price. Support for Bay Curious comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Committed to brewing things the right way since 1980, because when you're a family-run brewery, there's no other way to do it. Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Still family-owned, operated, and argued over. And be sure to stay tuned through the end of the show so you can play our monthly trivia game for a chance to win some cool prizes. Hey there, it's Olivia Allen Price, host of Bay Curious, the podcast. KQED Podcasts wants to thank listeners like you, whose support makes this podcast possible. If you want to help us continue to make great content, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. And thanks. Here on Bay Curious, we're no strangers to looking into the origins of popular foods. We looked into Rocky Road ice cream, the fortune cookie, cocktails like the martini and Mai Tai, and you might remember our story about Monterey Jack cheese from a few weeks back. Oftentimes there are conflicting accounts about where something got its start. KQED's Silicon Valley reporter Aditi Bandlamudi recently ate a dish that was so mishmashed with foods from different countries that she couldn't help but investigate. One night a few months ago, my husband, Shaishav Gandhi, announced that we were going to the South Bay to eat Indian sizzlers for dinner. I figured he had misspoken. Maybe he meant to say samosas or Szechuan food. But no, he meant to say sizzlers. 
Now, I should probably point out that my husband and I are both Indian, but Sheshav was born and brought up in Mumbai. He moved to the United States about six years ago. I, on the other hand, was born and raised in the U.S. But I grew up eating Indian food. My mom would make dishes from Andhra Pradesh, Tamil Nadu, Gujarat, and Punjab. Growing up here, I knew there would be gaps in my cultural understanding of India, but I never thought food would be a place I would come up short. So we get to the South Bay, Milpitas to be exact, and we enter Milan Sweet Center. It's the small restaurant tucked away in a strip mall of Indian clothing stores and threading salons. And while Milan Sweets is known for their sweets, Janan Gandhi, Sheshav's best friend, said we had to try their sizzlers. I would describe a sizzler as a hot, steamy plate, on top of which you can find uh, all kinds of veggies, rice, even pasta. Okay, I should stop right here and explain exactly what a sizzler is. At its base, there's a bed of grains, whether that's noodles, rice, or pasta. On top of that are grilled vegetables, usually an assortment of onions, bell peppers, sometimes zucchini, and cubes of paneer, all mixed together in a tangy sauce. On top of that, fresh, thinly sliced cabbage and carrots, kind of like coleslaw mix. Finally, some shredded cheese. And it all comes out on the steaming hot platter. The whole thing smokes up the room and crackles as it comes towards the table. I was overwhelmed as it approached me. The sizzler I got had pasta mixed in a kind of red vodka cream sauce with giant samosas on top of it. It was confusing because I know all of these elements separately, but together it felt like a fever dream. How did this dish come to be? And why? And again, how? To track down this origin story, I went to the obvious place to start, the internet. I scoured Indian food blogs and articles and was eventually able to piece together a sort of lore that exists around the sizzler. And it starts in California. Sometime in the 1960s, Indian businessman Firoz Irani was on a trip in California, not exactly sure where, when he visited a Sizzler steakhouse. Remember those? Sizzler brings the choices that you've been looking for. At that time, Sizzler steakhouses were known for serving their steak on a sizzling platter that smoked up the whole room and made a big scene. Irani saw this and was entranced. He came back to Mumbai and went to work creating his version of a sizzler. A few years later, in 1967, he opened up the Sizzler restaurant in a ritzy part of the city and sold allegedly the first Indian sizzler. Grilled meat or vegetables on top of a bed of rice or pasta, or both, mixed in a special sauce and served on a steaming hot platter. According to legend, after Irani opened the Sizzler in Mumbai, his son Shahrukh eventually took over the business and opened another restaurant in India. From there, other families took the idea and ran with it. The two largest, most famous restaurant chains are Yoko Sizzlers and Kobe Sizzlers. According to my husband Sheshav and our friend Janan, the dish really took off in the 1990s and early 2000s. 
Yoko and Kobe Sizzler chains had spread throughout India, and around that time, the Indian middle class was growing, and more people could afford to eat at restaurants. Sizzlers were still considered a luxury food at the time. Shaishav remembers eating his first Sizzler at a rich friend's birthday party. And they had, like, sectioned off a part of the restaurant. His, like, dad had this, like, DSLR camera and stuff. So, so even for that time, it's like, he was, like, obviously, like, well off. <laughs> Eventually, the Sizzler gained international popularity as Indians immigrated to other countries and brought their food with them. I talked to Ryan Rizvi, who manages the Yoko Sizzler restaurants in the Middle East. He's based out of Dubai and has been tinkering with the Sizzler recipe to fit the local palate. Because if you have our original sauces in India, they would be a little more spicy than what we have here in Dubai. This alleged history explains why someone like me, who was born in the U.S., wouldn't know about Sizzlers, while Shayshiv and Janan grew up eating them. When my parents immigrated in the late 80s, they didn't know about the Sizzler because it wasn't popular enough. But in areas with a lot of recent Indian immigrants, like Edison, New Jersey, Detroit, Dallas, the San Francisco Bay Area, you can find Sizzler joints all over the place. I did reach out to Sizzler USA, the company behind the steakhouse chain, to see if they knew about any of this. Forbes Collins, the company's historian, said Sizzler was aware Indian restaurants were selling something called the Sizzler. But when I described the dish Firoz Irani created in the 1960s... The concoction. How did he build that concoction? He must have gotten the idea of the Sizzler platter from us, right? But it wasn't just the platter Collins took issue with. He says Sizzler USA had a run-in with a restaurant in Florida. In Orlando, I saw a restaurant named the Sizzler Indian Cuisine. We weren't happy they were using our name, and we tried to stop. The marketing department got involved. I wasn't involved in it. But as far as Collins knows, nothing happened. Nothing. Nothing happened. I have no idea if it's Sizzler. We didn't do anything to them. Milan Sweets, back in Milpitas, that restaurant Jenna and Sheshev and I were at, doesn't mention the word Sizzlers in its name but it's known Bay Area-wide for them. Here's Sanjay Patel, the owner, describing all their varieties. Chinese sizzlers, um, Hawaiian crispy sizzlers, Manchurian sizzlers, kebab sizzlers, which are made with paneer. Sanjay's dad, Mukund, opened the restaurant in 1996 after moving here from England, where Sanjay was born. Milan Sweets originally served traditional Indian vegetarian food, but Sanjay, an award-winning chef, wanted to try something a little different. So I had a lot of excitement inside me. I've got this new country that is fresh to new ideas. Once he got to the U.S., he started working on the Sizzler. And to sell the idea to an Indian-American audience, the Sizzler would have to adapt. Indian people love ketchup on everything that they eat. I kind of like studied broke down what a ketchup is to try and create a sauce that has that tanginess that I can add some cream to so that it creates a sauce that's similar to a vodka sauce or at least a creamy marinara sauce. That's what he tosses his pasta in, which serves as the base layer for his samosa sizzler. Let's do the samosa sizzler and the um, Hawaiian crispy. And the verdict? Mmm. You like it? It's so, like, sensory overload sometimes. (laughs) Approaching this thing is a bit of a task. I found taking a little bit of pasta and breaking up the samosa was the easiest way to go. It has this sort of, like, creamy sauce to it. It's, like, really good. 
since having my first Sizzler, I find myself craving it on the regular. There's something poetic about it too, how the idea traveled from California to India, all the way across the world to the Middle East, to England and back to California. You taste familiar ingredients paired together in an unfamiliar way, and the result is unexpectedly harmonious. The whole is greater than the sum of its parts. If only we as humans could just do as the Sizzler does, complement each other's cultures and embrace the contradictions. That was KQED Silicon Valley reporter Aditi Bandlamudi. She put this story together for the California Report magazine, our sister show here at KQED. You can check out their podcast for rich, character-driven stories about this state that we call home. Special thanks this week to the magazine team, Victoria Molion, Susie Racho, and Sasha Coca. We know you've got questions about the Bay Area, but have you ever had a question about Bay Curious? Like how we make the show, who's behind it, what our favorite episodes are? In just a few weeks, we're going to do a Bay Curious Ask Me Anything episode, and nothing is off limits. Submit your questions for us in the big teal box at kqed.org slash baycurious. Or if you're on Twitter, send them to me. I'm at O. Allen Price. Thanks. Bay Curious is produced by Katrina Schwartz, Brendan Willard, Sebastian Mignobuccelli, and me, Olivia Allen Price. We are a production of member-supported KQED in San Francisco. Hi, Bay Curious listeners. Are you ready to play May's trivia game? Every month, we read a question here at the end of our episode. You can give us your answers over at our website, kqed.org slash baycurious, or just click the link in the episode description. Out of the correct answers, we'll randomly choose one lucky winner to receive a cool prize package with Bay Curious swag and Sierra Nevada goodies. Okay, our question for the month is, the world's longest-running pillow-fighting contest was held from 1966 to 2006 in what Bay Area town? Our trivia quiz is made possible by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Good luck! Hi there, I'm Randa Fettah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.